Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey George, hey Ryan, how goes it? It's going pretty good. I uh, I didn't realize this when we picked this game, um, but I just went to Disney World with my small children for the first time, and mm-hmm. we played a Disney game. It. I mean, why would you even? don't no this was done on purpose this was entirely yeah it just like just like the halloween episode was on halloween 100 percent on purpose and home alone was actually 100 percent on purpose and, and but and that was so <laughs> terrible too so i mean it's like when we actually try to do something like good it blows up in our face but when it just we stumble our way through life as we do it just works out for us yeah so maybe let's stop planning and thinking about things and just yep. leaving it up to god um <laughs> Do without doing. Jesus, take the controller. Um, <laughs> so, oh, dude, if we ever release merchandise, that is going on a shirt. Oh yeah, like what would Je- <laughs> what would Jesus play? Uh, oh okay. my God, it, it's just so so see, so, so many. And we didn't plan any of this. No, if we not at all. It would be terrible. <laughs> so many Teespring <laughs> campaigns. Um, so uh, before we jump into Toy Story, uh, I want to mention uh, to you, the listener. Uh, this was actually a fan request. So a listener of the show requested uh, this game specifically. He had fond memories of it. He actually has like a little bit of a, a retro game collection, uh, you know, with like the original systems and all, all the cool legit stuff. Um, so he was like, yeah, I, I would really love it if you guys uh, played Toy Story because it's it, it tries to do a lot of things. And I, and I just really am kind of curious what you guys think about it. Um, and I tell you all that to tell you this. Uh, if you want to make us do things, uh, you mm-hmm. can find us on the Twitter at NoGogPod, uh, and then there's a little contact form on our website, NostalgiaGoggles.audio, and you can just go outside your house and shout the name of a game loudly, and maybe mm-hmm. one of us will overhear it. I'm just saying you have options. Absolutely. No, I, I particularly like the, uh, the shouting loudly one, because um, if you do that for long enough, um, what will happen is the police show up. And then when you're booked, um, mention the the podcast, and then that will go into you know like a local crime beat, and we check those pretty religiously. So, totally yes, and and if you are arrested in an absurd enough way, it might make national news. In which case, we don't even have to comb through all those local municipalities. Oh, I mean, that was, absolutely, I mean that's the nicer way to do it. I mean you know, but we 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 love our fans, so we'll. <laughs> We'll comb through all of the local police beats just just for you guys. If if only there were an easier way to communicate with strangers. If we think of one, we'll you know we'll share it. But anyway, for now, just get arrested. So <laughs> so, so we played Toy Story for the Super Nintendo, and mm-hmm. I need to specifically point out two things about this game. Uh, one, this was made by Disney Interactive, which is relevant because a lot of movie tie-in games and Disney tie-in games and, uh, you know, like third-party property games are made by some random game studio, right? Like they, right. they farm out their IP to, you know, Game Studio X who makes the game. Uh, Disney Interactive is notorious for making not 
awesome games. Which I remember, the only reason why I know that is because uh, there was some uh, buzz about this when, you know, Disney bought out LucasArts. And I, I'm not sure if I'm around this, but they, they, I think they shut down or, or it, had, it had recently shut down like their gaming division. It's like, yeah, because it's like, oh, no, is Disney going to make those now? Because they're not great at making games. Yeah, they uh, they largely gave up on video games, which I think was the right thing for Disney to do based on the handful of first party Disney games I've played <laughs> this one included. Um, but the, I think it's, it's worth noting, like this is a Disney game made by Disney, not a Disney game that they just farmed out to whoever as a cash grab. Like they owned this and presumably wanted it to be successful. Uh, the other thing is uh, when Susan asked me <laughs> what game we were playing for this episode, I was like, Oh, we're going to play a, uh, toy story actually for the super nintendo and she looked at me completely serious and said those two things overlapped <laughs> and it, it it was like a you want to feel old moment yeah it's just like, oh no i was like yes toy story is so old that mm-hmm. it's movie tie-in game was on the super nintendo yes no and actually when i told uh when i told megan which one we were playing she was like wait you're playing Toy Story the, for, for Super Nintendo. I was like, yes. And she was like, I played that game and I beat that game. And then so Ooh. I came. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came walking out, you know, and, and she was just like, oh, are you done? And she's like, did you beat it? And I was like, no, I got frustrated. And she was like, hmm, well, maybe you should get better at video games. And I was like, oh, 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 what are we are we doing? Are we feuding now? Like, are we doing this? <laughs> Yeah, don't um, don't and, hurt your back picking up that gauntlet. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so then eventually when it did inevitably defeat me outright, she was just kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe you should get good. And I, I had to <laughs> actively bite my tongue to not bring up our our what would be now nearly a 10 year old Smash Brothers feud that I have with her because I'm like, no, no, that's petty. That's yeah. petty. I'm better at Smash Brothers than her, but it's petty. It's petty. <laughs> it's a petty thing to do or talk about how I'm better than Smash Brothers. But that's not the point. The point is that Toy Story beat me. <laughs> yeah, which, which is uh, not unreasonable. So before we, we dive in proper, um, what, what are your nostalgia goggles for this game? Or do you have nostalgia goggles for this game? None. I, I had not played it until you said, hey, we should play this movie tie-in game. And all of a sudden, I had these horrible nom flashbacks to Home Alone. <laughs> and you're like, no, I am I am promised it is not that bad. And I was like, okay. And uh, and then, I, I, and luckily, it was it was not. But uh, but no, I was I was legitimately uneasy until I picked up the controller and started playing this for the first time. I had not played it prior to now. Okay, so I am super not coming into this fresh. I definitely played this as a kid. And weirdly uh as i was getting further and further into the game relying spoilers entirely on the invincibility cheat yep um i I kind of had a moment where i i said out loud to susan i was not so much better at platformers when i was 10 than i am (laughs) right now that i'm confident i beat this game without cheating and yet I have clear memories of beating this game and no clear memories of cheating at beating this game, hmm. which makes me think I only played this game while cheating <laughs> <laughs> and I must have no normal memories of it. 
Well, th- to be fair, that's pretty much my memory with Contra 3 was, <laughs> right. you know, I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to play Contra 3 with the game. G- oh, no, I actually have to play this game. My my stars and garters. However, will I <laughs> survive? And uh, and yes, the invincibility cheat is wildly necessary because I think I put about a half an hour, maybe an hour into this game before I was like, nope, 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 and, uh, <laughs> and decided to become invincible. And then I expected to walk all the way through it. But interestingly, with the way the game is built out, even nigh invulnerability does not allow you a pass, which is interesting. We can get into later. But uh, yeah, there, there are certain problems that uh, even immunity from death apparently cannot solve. But <laughs> immunity, <laughs> immunity from death and damage somehow doesn't solve all of your problems. And I think that ultimately... That it should, I don't know, but the philosophy, we'll, we'll get into philosophy 101 in part three. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's, uh, a good, it's a good life lesson, but uh, we, we got to talk about these visuals because this is at the height of faux 3D on the Super Nintendo. Mm. And man, oh man, oh man, someone somewhere was had a, a gray or a beige pc that they were absolutely pushing to the limit to render these graphics and when this game came out the other side they were like this is amazing (laughs) and i didn't like this kind of faux 3d even as a kid and it has not aged well i mean every game we have touched that has had this sort of weird glossy fake 3d-ness I've felt this way. I'm just like, oh, God, it looked horrible when I was 10, and it looks even more horrible in my 30s. Yes. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's weird because I think that one of the things that Toy Story has been applauded for, and I agree with, which is that, you know, at the beginning of 3D animation, um, they were like, okay, well, everything looks like it's made out of plastic, you know? So what do we do? Well... What if we made a movie? What if we played to that limitation, right? And then they made, and then they're like, and let's just get a really good story behind it. And then they made a classic that's last forever. You know, this was not that. (laughs) I mean, it was just like the visuals. So, okay. So the actual visuals and surface of the visuals, they were, yeah, you know, they, they, they just weren't. They weren't like accosting, in my opinion, you know, but they weren't good. They were they were just like you said, they were very plasticky, but not like in a in a tolerable way. Well, you the, know? the problem with uh, the faux 3D is that it still has incredibly hard edges. Mm-hmm. And so there's because shading isn't really done as well at this time and it was even worse on the faux 3D textures, what you end up with is these very jagged lines between everything, between a character and the environment, between two characters, between and any two things. There's just this incredibly sharp disconnect visually where you're like, is he standing on that shelf? Am I hanging from that chain? Are we in the same plane of existence? Like... There's just this massive disconnect from these unbelievably saturated colors and unbelievably jagged stair step lines that just to me is is incredibly jarring and and hard to not focus on. It's it's yeah. just it's it's the 
the painted wall with a single dot problem. And it's not that, oh, the graphics were amazing, except for this one thing. The graphics are terrible kind of across the board, but it, <laughs> but I, I can't unfocus my eyes from it. And to the point where there were actually uh, things happening on screen where I was like, oh, I need, I need to be taking like a player action, like, but I'm actually just spellbound by how terrible that looks. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and like I would get hit. I was like, oh, thank God I'm invincible because that enemy's superpower was lulling me into confusion. <laughs> no, like, so for me, I, I kind of like mentally lobbed that in under like visuals in service of gameplay, in which case they, in my opinion, they fall flat in almost every way possible. Um, and yeah, so to speak to what you're what you're saying, where like you have no idea what you can and cannot interact with. You know, and and that got really old, really <laughs> fast, you know, because basically right off the top, there's a toy that's moving that the, the little choo choo train and that hurts you. Yep. Right. Now, there's then immediately there is another toy, Mr. Potato Head, and he does not hurt you, you know, and I'm like, oh, OK, so not everything that's moving hurts me. Just a lot of what's moving hurts me. And so then, you know, and it's just impossible to tell what you are and are what is and is not in your plane, you know? So, like, in a platformer, that is super freaking important to know what platforms you can jump on. Yeah. You know? And and uh, and so that, that got really frustrating, especially with the, uh, the, the, the dressers, you know? Like... Yes. Yeah, because you... There is virtually nothing in the game you can walk in front of but there's tons of stuff that the enemies and other good guys that you're you're trying to help, like the other toys, can walk in front and behind of those things. Right. So, like, you'll be walking alongside, like, Rex, and Rex will pass right under a desk chair, and you face plant into it. And you yep. can't duck under it. You can't crawl. You can't jump over it. You have to, like, find the platforming route around a chair with thin metal legs that a dinosaur was just able to casually stroll under. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not just visually frustrating when you're by yourself, but then the game feeds you additional information that additionally conflicts with your observed behavior. And you're like, well, he's like four times my size and he just fit through there. Like it's no big deal. Right. Like NBD, but, and also do what you, what you hit on that was something else that just frustrated the ever loving that's out of me, which is that, to me, I felt it was very unclear, like, the gradation of, like, things I could and could not jump onto, you know? Yes! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> like, like basically, like, your jump height compared to the jump, like, the platforms in the world, like, they, they put a platform that is above something that you can jump onto, but only by, like, the spurs on your boots, you know? So it super feels like you should be able to jump onto that. And I, and despite like playing it for hours, like I could not get out of the habit of just trying to directly jump onto it and then being like, <sighs> yes. And feeling no. incredibly frustrated because you're like, Oh, I, I really thought that's what they wanted me to do. And you can tell from a level design perspective that they put these larger obstacles there so that there's only one obvious path but mm -hmm. it's not it's only obvious in the abstract sense of you don't have five different routes to choose from but it looks 
like you have five different routes to choose from and you end up trying to jump onto the little shelf or onto the little dresser or onto the little, you know, bucket or whatever. And you just can't. And it's not nearly by enough visually to be obvious. It should be by friggin' two times your height. It needs to be way, way the hell more obvious. Yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, even if they had just decreased your jump by, like, 30%, your jump height, it would have changed nothing mechanically about the game because that's they never put anything in that range that you can jump onto. And it would be very clear, like, oh, I can jump up to my waist equivalent, so that means I can jump on these things, you know? And then you'd have a good feel for it. Oh, and this is a perfect example of, and we've talked about it a number of times, and if nothing else, I'm happy that we saw it because... This gives us a counter example. <laughs> this is what it looks like when you don't have stuff like coyote physics, you know? Yes. This is this is a perfect example of it because the thing is 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 when you don't have that extra little give that where you probably shouldn't have made been able to jump onto that thing but you get to jump onto it anyways, it's super frustrating, you know? If they just gave it to you then you'd be like oh all right you know, like oh, it would feel good you'd be like oh yeah i just barely made that jump you know but or, instead you just always just barely don't and or, it's... or create platforms that you obviously cannot jump onto right yeah right? either like... make it either the <laughs> platform needs to be 30 percent higher or your jump needs to be 30 percent less yeah but stop stop putting me right on the hairy edge and i always get to fail like that's it's insanity it it's possible that and and this is i'm i'm wildly gonna speculate here to try and give the designers a little bit of the benefit of the doubt but it's possible that they tried to make up the world of as few things as possible so that it's like oh well you can't jump all the way up onto this drawer but near the drawer, there will always be like a low platform that you can jump onto. And then from there, you can jump onto the drawer. Right. But what ends up happening is you associate the drawer with a thing you can jump on top of. And so every time you see the drawer, you're like, oh, well, I'll just jump up there. And nope, I guess I need to walk two or three screens back over and find a low platform. There it is. Platform up onto the drawer. And so like the problem is always obviously solvable, but Every single time it came up, I felt basically tricked or fooled again, where I was like, right. oh, I I know I can't jump onto this thing, but it sure looks like I can, and so I'm going to keep trying it. And then you just feel like a freaking idiot every single yeah. time. And a, a thing that I think compounds this problem is uh, you are basically so close to Woody in the camera that if he had nose hairs, you could count them. Like, you are you are right up on him he is a giant that takes 30, up 30 37 37 nose hairs <laughs> little 37 little splinters um, yep. but i mean you're you're right up on him in the camera he takes up like a huge portion of the screen and the obstacles and and platforms are all things like furniture they're huge i mean they're way way bigger than he is they're shelves and furniture and and you know chairs and desks and things so those always take up way more than the screen and you can only see a little section of them. So when you move, things are coming on and off the screen constantly, which mm-hmm. means when you're standing next to a drawer that you do have to cross to progress, mm-hmm. there's a really good chance you actually need to back up 10 feet 
so that you can see the shelf, the low shelf you have to jump onto to make it on top of the drawer. But when you're standing next to the drawer that it looks like you can jump onto, but you totally can't, you can't right. see the thing on the screen that you need to progress forward. So there's just, and I, that's why I feel like they kept fooling me because I would progress hit a brick wall and then try and jump over the brick wall and be like, right. Oh wait, I can't. But if, oh, if there was always a visible thing, I'd be like, Oh, I need to do whatever to get up there. But it, uh. yeah. And, and it, and it, and it double back and speaks to the saturation problem that you're talking about, which is that when you super saturate everything, it makes it very, very difficult to call anything out. It makes it difficult to create any visual affordances. So like, let's juxtapose this to a game like super Mario brothers, where we had mentioned that, um, anything that is in the foreground, anything that can be interacted with is more colorful and it has multiple colors. It draws your eye to it. Anything that's in the background is, you know, like bland, single colored flat right now. Well, you certainly can't get away with something like that, like like that, quite like that for, um, you know, the Super Nintendo Super Mario World, again, does very similar things because it works. But this when everything is hyper colorized you know like i'm when i look at the screen i'm just i'm just like okay what what can i and can i not what is a platform you know and then like you said like you're like you you start to recognize oh well i can jump onto these bookshelves and i think you're absolutely right is your brain just recognizes that as like a surface you can climb onto that coupled with you also have an approximate mental recollection of your jump height and so then you're just kind of like yeah i can jump on that and it's like no, I can't. And if, and you know, even if like, let's just say they had toned everything down. So everything wasn't on LSD colorful. Right. Um, then, you know, like you would walk by one of the little tennis balls that you need to use in order to jump onto the shelf. If that was like a little bit more colorful or had multiple colors or a different color palette or whatever, um, then that would call it out to you. So you would stop and you'd say, Oh, Hey, it's one of those balls I can jump onto. I probably should jump on it. You know? Yeah. And and a lot of this is exacerbated by the hitbox. And by hitbox, yes. I mean <laughs> by hitbox, I mean if there is an enemy anywhere on the screen, you take damage and then you die and you just die. You just die. <laughs> yeah, I mean to say like a hitbox is like it's more like they took a hitbox, loaded it into a shotgun, fired it about the room, and then picked that up and then tried to piece it back together over several years and generations of people trying to put it together. You I, I kind of get the impression that uh, someone mixed up the measurements for Woody with the measurements for the screen. <laughs> and they were like, oh, so if any enemy crosses into this area, then then Woody will take damage. Okay, I'll just type up that code, click, click, clack, and then... No one ever went back to them and was like, I feel like Woody gets hit a lot. <laughs> like, should the world be so violent and hostile toward our cowboy <laughs> hero? Because that doesn't feel quite right. Like, but they just brushed that right off. But the entire time, like the person saying that, you know, they're like, Did, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that the world should be like all of a sudden you just hear in the background, ship it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it at the time? Uh, was it Bob Iger back then? Just like wh whoever whoever was in, in charge of Disney at the time was just like, every minute you're talking about this, kids are not buying it. Yep. So uh, ship it, ship it, ship it now. Ship, ship, shippity, ship, ship, ship. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's one of those things where 
I feel like playtesting is a big part of what allows a game like this to get to market mm-hmm. because someone, if if you have a wide variety of players test your game, experienced people, inexperienced people, uh, you know, critics, regular folks, and, and you have someone say, um, this feels super hard. Like everywhere I go and everything I do, I'm constantly getting hit because I'm a giant who takes up 80% of the screen <laughs> And the second an enemy comes onto the screen, they come into contact with me and I take damage. And then after five hits, I'm dead. And, and like people would then take that feedback and be like, oh, hey, maybe um, we shouldn't make you die constantly and then only have a few lives and start with no continues. Like it's, it seems disproportionately hard for a Disney game. And so much of what's hard about it is just the huge massive hitbox like woody is way too big and his hitbox is way too sloppy like any time an enemy or projectile comes onto the screen there's a really good chance it's going to hit you well and 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 interestingly um while we're on hitboxes i think that the hitbox for your whip is way too small you know is there a hitbox for the whip because it it really just felt like somebody (laughs) rolled like a d20 and if you rolled uh, 15 20s in a row, then your your whip would connect and otherwise you just die. So, <laughs> no, so, so in order to hit with your whip, it's only crits and you have to confirm the threat, you know, so you have to roll a crit, right? And then you have to, but it's not a crit, it's a threat. And then you have to roll again and hit again to actually crit yeah that feels more right yeah but that, that's the thing is it the like i would just sometimes whip it something you know whip it good like i would whip <laughs> it like three four times before it finally registered the hit and also and this delves a little bit in the gameplay but while i'm just complaining about it the fact that your whip angle changes if you're jumping or standing is fucking maddening it is not, it's not okay, dude. Like, because basically I'll be, I'll be whipping at something and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, I can't hit it. So, but if I jump a little bit, then I'll totally be able to hit it. So then I jump and then I'll just whip right over it. Like, it's just kind of like, oh my God, that coupled with the fact that when I'm finally like, yeah, I hit it. I hit it. I did. I, I may have taken 20, 20 times, five <laughs> rounds at three attacks per round. And I whiffed <laughs> everyone except that one, but I finally got it. And it was like, huh? No, you no. silly goose. Well, and this is part of what's so frustrating about the hitbox is similar to coyote physics. If you're going to have an aggressive hitbox, it should be in the player's favor. And if you're going to have yep. a minimized hitbox, it should be in the player's favor. But they've done literally the opposite. And the place that it was most egregious to me was with um, uh, the the claw boss. Did you make it that far? No, I, I did actually. Um, eventually, I got. How far did I get? I got um, close to that because I, I I eventually just got frustrated to the point where I was like, no, and I just watched the <laughs> YouTube video because I was I, 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 got, can't, I can't did do get it, past the racing. I got past the racing despite <laughs> like my eyeball clawing out experience with the racing segment, but uh, but no, I didn't quite get to the Wolfenstein esque. Oh, play. yeah, no, we're going to talk about that. So <laughs> so the, the boss you fight right after that is Sid trying to get Buzz out of the toy machine with the claw. Mm-hmm. And it's normal side-scroller again. But the way you 
you fight that boss is there's you know the, the little green aliens everywhere because you're inside the the claw machine now and you whip them once and they go up into the air and then you whip them again and they fly up and hit the claw and oh, that makes God. yeah yeah so here's the thing the hitbox for whipping them the second time is mm-hmm. so aggressively against the player that i actually had to stop and go look at a YouTube video <laughs> to make sure that the thing I was trying to do was actually possible at all. And well, you have like a split second when they're at the very, you know, cause you hit them and they like fly up and then sort of fly back down, like in a straight line. And you have just a half second when they are at the pinnacle of that arc to hit them and make them fly off in an angle and, and interact with the claw because even if the claw crosses into their space when they're just doing those small up and down, it does not matter. It doesn't count. They have to be on like the big arc. So I was just like, I'm positive that this is what I have to do, but I need to like someone seeing Tony Hawk do a 900 for the first time. I was like, I need to see someone else do this (laughs) so that I know I'm not mad. Well, and that, so I'm actually a little, a little happy now and a little vindicated because if I remember correctly, at one point we were talking, I believe it was during the Super Mario podcast, but we spoke briefly on the fact that when Super Mario does make an error, it makes it in the player's favor. And we said, what would a game even look like if it always (laughs) made it against the player? And I said, it would fit really well into a Cthulhu mythos, one where the player themselves thought they were slowly developing madness. And uh, yeah, apparently, because literally you you remembered how to do this, and yet you thought you were going mad to the point where you sought out peer review in order to claim sanity. Yeah. Yeah. First off, amazing throwback right there. Truly, <laughs> truly excellent work. Because I do remember you saying that. <laughs> and uh, yes, you are one hundred percent correct that I uh, I I because I I fought him and I died. Because all you have to do to die is he drags Buzz off screen. Right. So it's like you can take damage or Buzz can go off screen. So you can die super fast. And so I died, I don't know, two, three, four times in a row. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't, I I don't, I, I, like, (laughs) nothing. I can't whip the crane. I can't seem to whip the green guys twice. And there's nothing else that I can obviously do. And I, I mean, I did play this game as a kid. Like I was like, I know I need to whip them into the crane, but it's just not happening. And, <laughs> and I mean, Why? and my whip animation is going right through them. Like, this is what I, I say. Like they have the hitboxes exactly opposite. Like I watched the little ring on the end. Cause it's, you know, it's your pull, pull, speech, yeah, your pull speech, cord, speech yeah. pull cord. Like our partner. Exactly. The, there's a snake in my boot. Like I watched, <laughs> the, I watched that little stupid ring go through objects. I was trying to whip a thousand times over the course of this playthrough. And nothing happened and yet if an enemy was even loaded into the ram for that level i felt like i took damage yes no it's 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 insanely frustrating in that regard and i think that one of the things you touched on and and um you know i just like to go ahead and touch on it now which is the fact that 
what you just described was what I ran into with invincibility not being a solution, right? <laughs> because normally in a platformer game, if it's like nothing can hurt you, you're like, oh, cool. So it's it's like taking the scenic route, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of in it for the scenery. You know, it's fine. I know that I'm cheating. I'm okay with it. But then you run into so many scenarios where, so like for one of them, uh, the second level, it's a time-based endeavor, you know? So... And it's 180 seconds, which feels like forever. <laughs> and if you mess it up, then, you know, you get to start it over again. And it's just like, oh, it doesn't matter that I can't take any damage. That's only a part of it, you know? And so, yeah, with like the claw machines, like you literally never progress past that point by sheer virtue of the fact that you just doesn't matter that you're invincible, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's that was a really new experience for me. <laughs> Well, it's like in in Sonic, I always thought it was interesting that uh, from Sonic 2 onward, when you could become supersonic, that you were invincible, but you could still be crushed to death. Mm -hmm. And as supersonic, you go from zero to the maximum possible speed almost instantly. Like yes. you, you, there, that you gotta go fast. Dude. Yeah, that that throttle has full and off, like <laughs> with no space in between. Um, or and as, as Eddie Izzard once said, there's two speeds, very, very fast and dead. dead. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the thing about being supersonic is you still had to kind of be aware of your surroundings because you didn't want to get crushed to death or fall into a bottomless pit. But the levels were designed in such a way that by the time you were reasonably collecting all the emeralds and being able to run around as supersonic you could be pretty reckless like yeah you you could really enjoy everything just dying if it touched you right it, it felt good to have like that role reversal in toy story when you become invincible that recklessness actually i think is a hindrance because in some of the levels, being able to just recklessly plow forward, you're just like, okay, I'm going to just hold right until the level is over. And then in, and that's probably maybe like a quarter of the level's tops. And then in the rest of them, it's either timed, so you have to be thoughtful about what you're doing, or there are a lot of bottomless pits for you to fall into, or you have to do like timed whip jumps to like, that's how you ascend. You have to like do right. multiple whip jumps to ascend up like a rope, um, particularly in, I think when you're leaving Sid's room. So there's mm -hmm. all these things that are not just difficult, but are difficult to the point of like, I'd rather just die. I'd rather just die and run out of lives because then I could put the game down. But instead yeah. I'm stuck here trying to endlessly whip up this rope forever. <laughs> whip it good dude whip it good and it'd just be like woody like standing over me like whip it good i'm like no no woody i don't want to i don't want to whip anymore <laughs> um so to put my um the, the the one final note i had for visuals just and this is so everything we've said basically is what kind of makes it a broken game <laughs> and this to me was just like eh just whatever but i just i wrote it down anyways is when you fight boss boss buzz in woody's nightmare right <laughs> uh yeah which is is the part of the game that most egregiously diverts from the movie <laughs> because the the fact that so early in the game they're like what if and follow me buzz tried to kill you 
And it's like, wait, isn't the main conflict of the story that all of the toys think Woody tried to kill Buzz when he actually didn't? And it's like, yeah, but what if Woody had a nightmare that sort of made his overaggressive reactions justifiable because he's like freaking out? It's like, no, yeah. if we put that in there, it completely breaks the story. Yeah, but we need an early boss fight. Yeah, so uh, that's happening. Um, yeah, so Boss Buzz, um, his 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 laser effect was just so... <laughs> so lame. <laughs> so lame, man. <laughs> that's so terrible. I would have... I, I would have preferred that, like, it, it's kind of like the go big or go home. I would have either preferred, A, a somewhat decent laser visual, you know? Like, even if it was, like, a, a, a hit scan, you know, because that's the problem is that it's a projectile laser, and projectile lasers always look stupid, you know, because yeah. lasers aren't projectiles in fact even the way we think of lasers where they basically work you know like where you fire it and it just happens is not true because i got to you know i saw a video a while back of somebody using an actual heat laser to like destroy an object like that was like flying and yeah and basically the object is just flying and then it's not flying anymore because the light's traveling away from you what are you gonna see there's nothing to see (laughs) (laughs) but all that being said, you think about lasers as basically being a hit scan weapon where, you know, it's like the person fires it. And if you're just in the direction of the laser, then you get hit. So all you'd have to do is just have like a little glowy thing and then a and then you like, you know, if you were in the way, then you were in the way. It would mechanically be exactly the same. But instead, he goes like, pew, and like this little red tic tac goes floating across the screen, <laughs> lazily listing down. And you're like, oh, I should probably slowly meander my way away from this laser well you know, like, you know what what does woody know about lasers right this is his nightmare <laughs> he, he, he's not a physicist he's a cowboy george he knows nothing of your big city lasers so and no now my new headcanon which i have entirely accepted by the way which is that <laughs> at this point buzz hasn't used his laser on him yet he's just made mention of it and so woody's just like well it's got to be like like a rope or something, right? Like you know, he has just no clue, not a not a not a clue, no idea. He it's basically Buzz's laser is like like a like an arrow flying through molasses. Like this is <laughs> Woody is from an era where kids played like cowboys and Indians, mm. and so like. <laughs> That's the born-in knowledge that Woody has as a toy is, like, how arrows work. So to him, a laser is just, like, a light arrow. You know what it is? It's totally a lawn dart, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, when somebody just, eh, and it's like, oh, I mean, yeah, that would hurt me if I kept here and staring at it. Oh, God, you know, but, like, so but I, yeah. I, I have two other notes about... um the visuals and then we could jump into audio. And unfortunately there's a really excellent segue from buzz into the audio. So I'm going to say my notes and then we're going to pretend like that segue still works. <laughs> so, uh, in the pizza planet level or in like when you're first sneaking into pizza planet, uh, one of the obstacles that I did not figure out how to avoid until like the last possible second. Cause I was invincible and I was just like, ah, I don't care. It's but it, it's it's people walking by, so you only see them from like the waist down. So basically, right. just a giant pair of legs. For reasons, I don't sure. know. I don't know what they are, but for reasons, they decided to make the legs on the people walking um, a single flat color, 
and with no points of articulation. So mm. imagine two solid blue, uh, like less than signs swooping across the screen to <laughs> roughly simulate walking. And mm. the reason this is so unacceptable to me is everything else in the game is burdened with an attempt at faux 3d faux realism faux trying to make it look as good as toy story the movie everything is hyper textured hyper colored lines flying all over the place lawn darts coming at you right like it's just (laughs) so many lines so much attempt at texture and then this giant totally featureless object that is literally the entire screen i mean top to bottom because it's waist to shoes sweeps across the entire screen like half a dozen times over the course of this level and it's just unbelievably jarring to to just see like oh my god everything is so dark and everything is so uh like muddy in this level because you're in like the dark arcade and then just here comes the solid wall of blue that hurts me (laughs) yeah because i if i remember correctly aren't you in a uh like a soda you're like a soda cup and buzz is in like a like a burger box right and and so like when they're coming you have to yeah you gotta gotta duck or otherwise you take damage not immediately destroying the myth that toys aren't sentient creatures that we've been enslaving and handing to our most violent popular yeah yeah Yeah, all all that but it's just it's it's a really bizarre choice to me that someone said like somebody was tasked with like okay we're gonna have an enemy in this level that's essentially people walking and they're like, well, what do you want them to look like? I don't know. Put them in like gray sneakers and like Ship <laughs> it. Blue, blue pants, blue pants. Just give them blue pants. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really it's odd, but it's not nearly as odd as uh, the one level that you play as Wolfenstein. Yes, the Wolfenstein <laughs> level. What 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 actually was that? I mean, I swear to God, when we were when, when you play that level, I was like walking around. And I was like. I'm going to open up a secret door and there's going to be Mecha Hitler. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Or a beholder <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we will talk about the, that level again, more in mechanics, but the reason I need to just talk about it in visuals is because, uh, those graphics are obviously drawn with ray scanning, which means if you thought there was a lot of crazy jagged lines in the other parts of the game, it, this is like the hold my beer moment. This is like, <laughs> you, you think those are jagged lines. You ain't seen jagged lines. And it's just, it's so, it's not just visually jarring because it is the one and only level that's like that at all. And it is dark and electronic and weird, unlike every other part of the game. But it's also like the graphics fidelity you f- you feel like your 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 Nvidia card just broke, and your computer has defaulted <laughs> over to like the onboard VGA only input, and you're just like, why does this game suddenly look like hot garbage? Um, er, er, more, hot, more uh, hot garbage. I I assume you meant that er on the word garbage, not hot, yes, garbage, hotter garbage, gar- but hot no, garbager. No. Yeah, hot hot garbager. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I think that's why we're ready to conjugate that. So the reason uh, the Buzz Lightyear moment was the right moment to segue into audio is because uh, during that fight, he says, watch out and here it comes 76,000 times. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it, and it was funny because at one point, like, because I, I I actually I was playing with the volume a little bit low, and so all of a sudden I was just like playing that one area. And I'm like, is something happening like with the music? Because this is weird. Because I'm getting like this like weird. So I turned it up, and all of a sudden it was just like, watch out, here it comes watch out. And I was like, oh, no, that's not part of the music. That's that's punk- him saying things at such a consistent interval that I assumed it was like it was bass, you know? <laughs> when it's it's the the note for the sound effects in this game is there are a couple and they really liked them because the few bits of speech, like every single time Woody gets hit, which is all the time he says ouch and it's i don't remember him ever saying ouch in the movie so there's a good chance that they had to have like bill from accounting go down to the recording booth and they, there's no way they paid tom hanks Are you sure I, I don't know man i mean like like with the amount of money they clearly threw it i i think on things to uh and do it up i, I mean they they no, they didn't. There's no way. So, <laughs> so, they clearly did not. Um, but so what I wonder is, uh, like faux 3D was a big deal at this time, I think the faux, like the hyper-compressed uh, faux mm. talking was also yeah. like really exciting. And so the tiny little bits of people speaking, they were able to get in there. They're like, well, everyone's going to want to hear that a lot because it's so spectacular. And then, because right. you you fight uh, Buzz again later, um, when you're like outside the the gas station, like that's how you get mm-hmm. lost. Um, right. So you get to hear the whole "Watch out, here it comes!" dance an entire subsequent time, and it's exactly like the first time. And then you get to hear it again because in the last level, when uh, like Buzz is flying and he's holding on to Woody. They just yeah. decided the way they would warn you, the player, that an obstacle is coming is for him to use the exact same lines of dialogue that he used to threaten to shoot you in the face, mm-hmm. which with is his lawn dart with his lawn dart, which is a little bit confusing, right? Because yeah. it's like, are you threatening me? Like, watch out. I'm going to drop you. Here it comes. I'll see you in hell. Like, what? <laughs> what is... The, all of the other 150,000 times I heard you say those lines, like, you, Buzz, were threatening me. And I understand um, it's not lost on me that he is alerting me to a threat. The threat right. was him, and then later it's the level because it's like an auto-scrolling level. But I, I don't need to hear him say, watch out, here it comes anymore. It's just really, really annoying. It is. It is. That and the... um. The whip sound effect because whoopa whoopa not the sound that whips make. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's because I think I started to have a slowly over time uh, like Pavlovian association <laughs> between that and frustration and failure. <laughs> no, that that yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard that whip sound effect about a billion times and the thing is i should have only heard it a million times and you talk to any scientist that uh that little number after the times 10 to the that's the one that matters yeah. and i swear to god i was off by orders of magnitude for how many times i had to whip stuff and so the fact eventually where i was like whip 
whip, whip. I'm so sick of hearing this whipping sound. Yeah, and and not making progress. Because, like, in a Castlevania game or, like, a game where you have, like, a whip weapon, then if you have to hit an enemy multiple times, then you're hearing the whip noise, but you're also associating that noise with progress. But if you're just standing there trying to, like, whip a little green alien and it's not working, or you're trying to latch on to uh, a thing and it's not working, or you're trying to, like, make a train not run you over and it's not working, you you start to associate the only tool you have with failure and frustration. And that is not good. That is not the feeling they should be trying to engender in the player. No, again, unless they <laughs> unless. really wanted to, unless they wanted to make a Cthulhu game, you know, um, which I, I'm increasingly just like the creeping horror of Cthulhu starting <laughs> to become concerned. That's what they made. Um, one of the things I actually had, cause I actually had a note about music. Um, Yay. um was uh the music was okay so it was it was fine you know in the sense that it wasn't abrasive like it didn't make me want to take woody's little string and and hang myself but i did <laughs> feel that it was dark i did feel that it was antithetical to the tone that the level was trying to set in many cases the hmm. exemplar of it I can give is um, is the second stage uh, where basically the music is kind of very relaxed and and folksy, similar to what you would think like like Woody would have, you know. But the entire purpose of the stage is to very quickly hide all of the toys in a minute and eighty seconds before Andy gets in, and the the pacing of the music is not faster than anything else you've heard. In fact, it, it is faster when you're racing with buzz, you know? So Yeah, that that music, I didn't I didn't think about it from that point of view. I I think you're right. I don't disagree with you, but the feeling they were going for is way too tied to the visuals and not to the tone because the feeling of the music in that level is like almost like fair or carnival kind of music. And and that's kind of what you have to do is you have to like bop them into the toy chest and you have to like knock things out. So it's mm. kind of like, oh, we're playing a fun game. And it's like, but if Andy comes in here and he sees we're out of place, then we die forever. Like it's not, <laughs> it's the tone of that, that level in that scene is very tense. And yet it's, uh, it's not really paired up with the music, but I, I didn't really get that feeling on other levels though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, the, it, to me, it just hit me really hard. And again, like I don't, I don't have a great ear for music, so it may not have been as bad on other levels. But specifically in that level, I remember being, you know, like oh, especially because the level itself is timed, you know, right? And and so I was like, I, I was getting feeling the intensity from the fact that like, I was starting to run low on time, but it didn't build like that as opposed to let's just like for example in in super mario world games right we have that faster you know ragtime uh beat right where it's it like you have the you know slower one where it's like do 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 like that and it has that one that's super fast you know for the ones where it's normally you're suspended in the air and it's got a bunch of those little like saw things going around the oh yeah the, like the auto scrolling screen or whatever yeah exactly there's some, where, some tension and drama right right as opposed to the other ones where it's like no there's still stuff to do but it's not quite as tense like that i would i would have liked a faster paced music to pair with the fact that you are absolutely timed 
Yeah, I, I, I can kind of feel that. I think, so the music was actually the one thing in this game that I was like, this music's not so bad. Like, it's 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 video game music. Like, it's just pleasant kind of background yeah. music. It's not really drawing my attention. But generally speaking, that's what you want. Like, the fact yeah. that you notice the music in a Mario or a Zelda or, like, some of the older Final Fantasies was intentional because they put a lot of effort into those scores and they really wanted you to hear them. But generally right. speaking, if you are playing a game or watching a movie or, or whatever and you're like intensely aware of the music, uh, it had better be a musical. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be that aware of it consciously. It should be like a subconscious tonal emotional thing. And the later levels are where they start to diverge in gameplay to support what's happening thematically. So it's like you spend like three levels inside of the claw machine, which is a disproportionate amount of time to give to that. But it's because there's a lot of opportunities for like platformy stuff and to like jump around and explain why the toys are up and moving around and doing things out of the sight of humans. So like, I understand why they did that. And the levels, the length of each level is all over the friggin' map. So yeah. I, I understand yeah. why they had you spend more time there. But the those levels also have music that is unlike any music from the movies because the movies didn't spend a bunch of friggin' time inside the claw machine. <laughs> so I, I I felt like they actually did a pretty solid job with that music. But it's it, it it's like okay, you have like solid you know B minus music, and that looking at your report card here. Is your highest grade by a lot. <laughs> and like I said, like, I, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with the music, you know, when I listened to it. It wasn't, uh, you know, like UN Squadron, where it's just in that particular range that you hear <laughs> behind your eyes, you know. I just did feel that there were some places where, and, and you know, maybe that's part of it, is that because the music wasn't so glaringly bad, I felt that there were some places where, as opposed to the visuals, which are just kind of, bad um where i was just kind of like oh well okay you you could have in my opinion leveraged this better in different areas you know or as opposed to before it's like you can't leverage this because the lever is broken and it's not a lever it's an old boot filled with urine <laughs> but don't um, don't don't ever fix anything around your house <laughs> <laughs> no man it's it's great i've got like 15 boots outside and that should be all i need in order to uh you know <laughs> build a new bed for my got a bunch my, of boots and a bunch of water bottles I'm, I'm ready to fix some stuff <laughs> i am i am ready to go and to speak on what you said about like uh, uh music is with video game music and with um movie music i think that you're right in the sense that it generally it, it's kind of like a food where it's it's fine to you know have just snack food because you just you need food you need something going on in the background because if there's no music in the background that's will you know so it's fine that you have kind of junk food music but at the same point in time is if if it is music that does draw your attention it had better be like the amazing you know eggs benedict like just fantastic you know music uh a great example of it that i think is great because i just noticed it recently is like avatar the last airbender the show um I mean, like, nobody's gonna argue. Yeah, I was gonna say like you have to specify that as if anyone has ever watched that movie a second time. <laughs> yeah, no, because I just 
it, it is important to me that other people understand like <laughs> you're you're socially presenting would, like i'm not yeah, insane like i don't would, like the movie just so we're all clear <laughs> Well, I think that uh, I think because I and this is tangential because, of course, it wouldn't be a show unless we got off on tangent. Um, But uh, one of the hardest questions I was ever asked was asked by you uh, during my bachelor party, which was, which is a worse movie, Avatar The Last Airbender or Dragon Ball Evolution? And like that was a thinker. Yeah, that's a tree falling in the woods kind of no (laughs) no right answer question. Um, but with with Avatar specifically, they do a really, really great job of the music's playing in the background. But then right when the plot starts to come to a, uh, a head, that's when you notice the music all of a sudden. It's been building the whole time, but that's right when the volume gets loud enough that you're like, oh, OK, this is awesome. Um, and so I think that that's kind of where Mario or Zelda land, which is that when you do when that music does crest into your audio range, it's complimenting the gameplay so much, so it feels like everything's in harmony. And I felt like this hit a harmonious places sometimes. But again, you know, not certainly not the worst thing. No, and to be fair, you don't really get to spend that much time listening to the music because you just hear ouch, 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 ouch. Watch out, ouch. Whip it good. Yeah, it's just and I get it. Like I and and I feel like we've we've tiptoed around this uh, distinction a bunch of times, especially uh, when we played a couple of the bullet hell games. But like, yes, I know that a game has to have sound effects, and that they're going to be over the music, just like in a movie. The dialogue is or the the ambient sounds are going to be over the background music. But there is a difference between having sound effects in the auditory foreground and music in the auditory background and having such terrible and tinny and repetitive sound effects that there might as well not be music because the only time I hear music is like two or three random moments throughout the level where I happen to stop moving for just a second. And actually this kind of speaks to um, other games that we've played that do this very well, which I, you know, I'm just kind of puzzling out right now, which is, like let's take um you know the the best game ever made link to the past um <laughs> like there the sound effects that they do like for instance when link gets hit he goes like Ugh, you know but that's that's it Where, but if he went ouch every time he got <laughs> hit that'd be maddening cuz it would just it you don't you need just enough of something to be like yes just in case you like missed it on the screen despite the fact that it's very clear that you've been hit you you did get hit so we're just kind of supplementing the visual versus hammering you over the head with the audio saying like ouch hey you know you got hit right it's like yeah no no i'm fully aware i got hit <laughs> by that thing that was halfway across the room yeah because i'm sitting here i'm flashing and brace up because it's not going to be the last time i get hit in the next and, 10 seconds and that's really the 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 force multiplier right that that's the exponent is like oh you got hit 10 times that's not that many oh 10 to the 32nd power okay that's a lot that's a lot of times yeah you got hit a lot of times and that's where you need to have this inverse relationship the the more you're gonna get hit the less annoying that sound needs to be right because you're gonna be hearing it all the god's damn time and and this this kind of um, I, I don't know if you have much else to say about the audio, but this kind of for me bleeds a little bit into the 
the weird way the cycle time is handled in this game. Ooh, cycle time. <laughs> Ooh, cycle time on this game. Boo cycle time in this game particularly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, I have thoughts, but I'm way more interested in what you have to say right now. <laughs> oh, my God. This cycle time is like being just put into a blender. It's awful, man. It's just it's so. OK, so we've spoken before about the difference between a difficult game and a punishing game is generally the cycle time. Right. You can have a harder and harder game. Um, as long as you just continually decrease the cycle time. So taking away the fact that the overarching cycle time is abysmal because the minute you run out of lives, it immediately shunts you back to the beginning of the game, <laughs> which is get like Castlevania knew not to do that stuff, you know, because <laughs> you, you got infinite continues, you know. Um, and yeah, there's a level select, but you kind of have to cheat to use it. And then if there is a level select while you have lives at all, but whatever, let's put a pin in that. Um, but the cycle time in each level is like, so the first level, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. All right, this is cool. And then and the second level, you know, about a minute and a half cycle time, which is not a great, but you know, I mean, there are some Final Fantasy games where you can spend 20 minutes on a battle, you know? So I'm like, all right, that's not too bad. And then you get... Um, to the the race car level which is i think longer than time itself i'm pretty sure like, yeah i mean there it, there was no time before the race car level or since the race car right. level there is only the like race there, car level <laughs> like there there were the niblonians <laughs> then the race car level <laughs> then the brain spawn right yeah, like that's it that's all of time <laughs> but yeah no that that level lasts forever and it, and it and it gets increasingly hard which is fine but the thing is that you know the first 20 seconds of that level you can pretty much after the first time you play it you can clear it no sweat and then the next 20 seconds you can pretty much clear fairly consistently and then the final seventeen thousand years um is is difficult which is fine i enjoy the challenge i don't enjoy having to slog my way back through the rest of the stage every single time to come up to this one new part that i was like oh this was interesting this threw me for a loop that's fine but then having to slog my way through the whole stage again and being invincible doesn't help no no it doesn't help in any way and god there's so many things mechanically wrong with this game so <laughs> so one of the things that i i had originally had this under visuals and i kicked it to controls and mechanics because uh the way cycle time happens visually is alarming to me <laughs> and i mean yeah, it just like fades to black but it fades very very suddenly and the thing is your hitbox is so big that i am confident if you took like high speed footage of gameplay the screen starts fading to black before the player could have possibly recognized that they took that last bit of damage that killed them mm. So there were times where I would be about to die because I did do a fair bit of playing without the invincibility cheat, but yeah. I would be about to die. And then just all of a sudden it's black. And then by the time I'm like, oh, the screen is black, like it's loaded me back to the beginning of the level. And I was just like, uh, I guess I died. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, like that. <laughs> just just super. I mean, like, that's what I meant. If there is an afterlife, that's what I assume your first thought is like if you got like hit by a bus. Yes. Right. No, or, it's, it's, also, it's like, oh, I guess because you never you never, you know, like get to to theoretically know the thing that kills you. Right. You know, so you're just like, oh, I guess 
I guess that was the thing that that did it, which is great because literally even when death comes for you, you're not even sure what exactly happened. I'm telling you, this is a Cthulhu game. Dude. Yeah, this is. Yeah, every, every once in a while, you start to dabble in the maybe this is a horror game metaphor. And usually I'm like, ah, that's just George being George. He's a funny dude. But this one, <laughs> you might be onto something. <laughs> this is this is there's a lot of uh, sanity questioning. Yeah, ten, tenuous fingernails scratching to hold on to the cliff of sanity where you're yeah. just. Like, you don't have to fall into the pits of madness because madness is trying to hold on to your sanity. Well, and it's just the, and it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, for example, um, they, they've spoken and this is kind of tangential, but like, I, I've seen videos on things like propaganda games, right? Hmm. And the thing that makes propaganda games dangerous is the fact that they're not normally they, the, 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 unfortunately i have to use the word good because they they are good at being propaganda games which are horrible right but but the 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 ones that are good at being propaganda games um are because they they aren't overt you know because if you say like well video games make you violent it's like no video games aren't going to make you a killer so and i go to that really dark place to, to to mention this because this wouldn't be a horror game right if it was if it was truly frustrating like home alone or you know golden axe right like those games are just battle toads those games are just frustrating this (laughs) one's just enough just enough to make you think like no this is a real game this is totally a real game maybe you're screwing it up it's like am i no no it's the game and then you have and then you walk out and your wife says i did it and you're like wait no but it's hard though no you're bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i agree um it's sad that the best metaphor for that is propaganda games but i think you're right (laughs) that for something to be truly subversive whether it's trying to scare you without being obviously scary or trying to make you think or feel a certain way without obviously telling you like you know hey join the navy like you you don't you you don't want to be super liminal (laughs) Uh, there it is yes (laughs) (laughs) But it, yeah, it, it has to it has to inception you right, and right. this game crawls into your brain and is like, hey, this is all achievable. You just yeah. suck. It can be done, <laughs> and the fact that they they mechanically hamstring the invincibility option further drives that home because it's like, hey, man, all of this is doable. It's a game, dude. You can play video games, right? No, here's the thing. We'll even let you be invincible. Hmm. Still can't beat it, huh? I don't know. Maybe you're bad at this. Like, you're invincible after all. Why are you this frustrated? And you're like, but, but wait. <laughs> no, it, it does. And the fact that successfully beating a level has the exact same visual as death <laughs> is, is not, it's not, that's not clever, right? It's not good that the way. When the screen fades to black, you don't know if you have spontaneously met with success, which some of the levels are like that, where success kind of happens. It's not like well, you, you cross an arbitrary finish line, but it's like success happens. Or did I die? And you don't know yeah. until you either reload at the beginning of the stage or you see Woody doing his terrifying floppy arms dance on the score screen. Like it's, I shouldn't ever look at the screen <laughs> 
And if the TV paused right then, not be able to say either I won or I died. Like, yes, <laughs> I should. No, I, I should know. Yeah, because I mean, even in the, the second stage when you're rescuing all of the toys, the final thing you have to do is jump onto the bed. And you do, and you immediately go ragdoll, which is fine, but it does definitely look like you died, you know? Yeah. And it's like, cut to black, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Oh, I won. Oh, good. And then another time, you'll be like, all right, I'm going to jump on this thing, and oh, it's faded to black. Ooh, is this like a cut? Oh, no, wait, I died that time. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, ugh. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 and I agree with that sentiment, which is you should never at any point be able to pause the game and not know whether or not you were successful or failed. <laughs> Alive or dead. Alive or dead. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the person who requested this game, the reason that he specifically requested it was, uh, as I kind of said at the top, like this game tries to do a lot. Right. So mm-hmm. there's um, about a, a third, a quarter to a third of the levels are like platforming levels. Uh, there's some some combat going on. There are uh, a couple of like auto scrolling levels where you just avoid obstacles, but you don't control your rate of you know progress through the level. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of like top ish down driving levels where you're controlling the RC car, um, and then there's this weird Doom level mm-hmm. where you you you're you're Doom guy. Yeah, you're Doom guy. <laughs> Yeah, and why, actually, why? It, why? <laughs> I think the better question is why not? Um, <laughs> why is that not the whole game? Why is the whole game <laughs> not just Toy Story painted over Doom? Mm, I might <laughs> play that game. <laughs> Doom was um, a heavily modded game back in the day. There is no way that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you know, um, like we just gave you all the ways to get in touch with us. So run out of your house and start screaming about <laughs> Toy Story, the Doom game. So that way we can get in contact with you about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I think that this game is the definition of it just it just tries. And, and that's OK. So I do want to make a difference between this and other shovelware games like that we've played, which is. I honestly believe this game, the people, the developers that made it really tried. It really seemed like they tried. They just, the scope of what they attempted to do was so far beyond their budget and maybe abilities. Oh, yeah. That yeah. I, it, none of this feels lazy or malicious. This, it just, it's the difference between like my high school art student uh, drew something and this you know, 50 year professional artist who's been at it and has made a living at it drew the same thing. You're going to get different results. Like, and it doesn't mean that the high schooler is bad. It's just when you compare that result to like a super Mario world, a legend of Zelda, a Mega Man X, like, yeah, it looks pretty bad by comparison. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it's not that, you know, like the, the high school student, like had ill intent. They tried their hardest. It's just beyond their skill set. So, with that being said, though, um, you know, yeah, it's just it, it's it's like going to, you know, the place where you're like, oh, man, I really want a really good sub. Well, we can go to, you know, like Jimmy John's. We can go to um, some other place that paid us money to plug them, which I assume happened. Um, pu- pu- Publix. 
Publix? Yeah. Oh, God, I could go for a Publix sub right now. Right? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I miss uh, Publix subs. I would let them sponsor the hell out of this podcast. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I would let them sponsor us with free Publix subs. Yeah. No, I, um, I would just, I would make an entire Publix, if you're listening, go yes. outside of your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so with all that being said, though, but if, if all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, man, dude, there's this, this other sub place. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, you know, they make subs like, yeah, they make subs and wings so we can get wings, too. Oh, OK, cool. And pizza. Wait. Mm. Also they, shakes. Yeah. Mm. Also shakes. Also, they sell boots filled with. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, at some point you say, like, no, you're trying to do too much. And that's exactly what this is, which is, you know, if you want a platformer then you want to play a platformer if you want to play you know a side scrolling basically bullet hell game equivalent you know then play that this is a little bit of all of those things and none of them well no and and i have played games that are like oh we're gonna we're gonna mix it up there's gonna be all sorts of things going on in here and and it can be done well but it's very hard because you essentially have to have designers that can design all those different kinds of levels and a, a game engine that can support all those different kinds of mechanics. And it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's not impossible. It's just really freaking hard. And, and this wildly falls short. And I, I think uh, to, to your restaurant metaphor, uh, here's what I think of when I think of trying to do too many things, because you go into, you know, a, a very typical American restaurant, and I'm sure they have restaurants like this all over the world, but you, you think, I'm going to go to a place that has, like, you know, uh, burgers and salads, and maybe you can get, you know, like, chicken breast over linguine, like, no big deal, just food that's pretty generic, it's pretty hard to screw up. Um, wait, you guys sell sushi? Like, you never, mm. ever, ever get sushi at that place. Like, no. any place that sells, like, pan-american fare and then also sushi that sushi is definitely like vending machine outside of a truck stop quality yes and 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 it's not that a place couldn't make good burgers and good sushi but you just don't see that very often like if i was in a five-star restaurant that was known for its like eclectic menu and everything costs 10 times what it should I would probably feel like that sushi was pretty safe. But if I'm in a place that has like a $9 chicken sandwich, a $10 hamburger and a $12 Caesar salad, and then like seven fifty sushi. Uh, uh, no, no, no. No, I mean, it would be very much so like if McDonald's started selling sushi and steak tartare, you'd be like, neither of those two things. Alarm bells going off. And and yeah. that's the thing. That's the friend who's like, oh, I want to go out for sushi. And then you pull up in front of Toy Story for the Super Nintendo and you're like, <laughs> this is not where you go for sushi. Like, I'm I'm happy to go out and get sushi. This just isn't where you go to get it. Absolutely. And I think that you you I agree completely with it can be done. I think a great example of one that does it fairly well is ActRaiser. But totally. But that being said, even ActRaiser had not amazing platforming, you know? And, and it's limited to two things. There's yes. the sim and platforming. There isn't Platform. also racing and also, uh, you know, a, a flower-blooming simulator and also... Uh, hell. Yeah, there, yeah, there are two things. And even then, there are obvious paper cuts what? in both of those experiences. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it, it, it just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like the kid who says, all right, all right, guys, here's the thing, man. I just learned how to juggle. And you're like, oh, okay, good, good. And they pick up like 17 objects and then you just throw them all into the air and it just lands all on their head. And you're like, yeah, that's what was always yeah. going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Um, Everyone is not surprised, but you. And I, I did have one other comment, which is um, so on the cheats, right? So um, there's the invincibility cheat, which I thought was interesting that it was not like a code that you put in, but instead something that you had to go like get, basically. Yeah, it's it smacks of my friend who's telling me this at the lunchroom is probably lying to me, but I'm going right? to try it. Yeah, no, because when I looked online, <laughs> it said, okay, so here's the thing. You've got to go up to the dresser, right, that has the ball next to it, and you got to kneel down until your star starts spinning. I'm like, you're, you're full of crap, Dan. Like, yeah. go home. <laughs> you just want to see how long I'll squat on this dresser. <laughs> like, like, look, look, man, I know that you think your uncle works at Nintendo. He doesn't, okay? I double-checked on that. My mom works with your your dad, and your dad's... <laughs> brother does not work at nintendo dan <laughs> and no this is not true you know like it just I, I to the point where i actually googled it saw that closed out of that website went to a different source <laughs> before i looked like an idiot and and i was like no apparently this is the way to do that and then i did it even then being like nah you're punking me it's a cthulhu game um and so then <laughs> so, so then after that the, there's also the level select which I like that there's a level select, but even that was done in a way that I think is just like a final screw you to the audience of like, <laughs> oh, you don't want to play all of our game? Well, well, you know what? You, you can't just press a button and pull up a level select screen. You have to, in every level, hit pause hit select, and then watch Woody get, you know, happier than a pig in poop about the fact that you got zero stars on that level. <laughs> and then stare at you, like, unimpressed for a solid two seconds and what feels like forever until the next level gets pulled up. And then you're like, pause, do it again. And he's like, woohoo, look at all of your failure again. And then you pause it. And then and so it just, it actually does take time to slog through the level select, which I was just kind of like, uh, I mean, all right, it's better than not being able to move forward at all because I lack the skill or abilities to do it despite the fact that I'm invincible. But even this is kind of a mess. Well, it's an it's a level <laughs> it's really a level skip, right? Yes. Like because this is this this is kind of like if you uh if you ever listen to a like an actual record being played you can absolutely pick the needle up and move it over and put it back down, but it's not a precision instrument, right? It's not, you wouldn't say like, oh, believe me, the high note she hits 45 seconds into the song, you need to hear, like you would never jump to 45 seconds. You would just go to the obvious beginning of the song and that's all the precision you have, right? Like, it's like, oh, I live, uh, I live off a of main street, plus or minus a state. Like, like it's just, <laughs> it's not very accurate and it's unidirectional and it's linear only. You can't jump ahead two levels or four levels. You can go exactly one at a time. It's uh, you know what it is? It's, it's the next on like an iPod or on a CD player. Like yes. you can yeah. go ahead and you can't double press it. Like it's, 
you can go ahead one song and that's it. Yep. And and to me, like I could even kind of deal with that if it wasn't for the fact that, like you said, you press the next button and it loads for a second, and then just Woody's <laughs> he's so excited. Well, I mean, and he thing, just he, like, cannot hide it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he's like, just like, he, he gets so jazzed, but then he like stares and looks at you at the end. Right. Yeah. And, and so normally when it's happening, like, and you got some stars, it's like, yeah, man, you got some stars. You do you. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, man, you got some stars. Oh, <laughs> and then it just smashes to the next scene where all of a sudden that blank look, like the tone is completely different, you know, <laughs> like I'm slowly slowly descending in the madness so speaking of that scene transition i i would like to take a moment to apologize to the american people and uh my family and to you how in god's name did we not talk about the text in between uh because someone somewhere surely thought that you were supposed to read that but one this is a children's game and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that young children can't read because definitely the target age for this game, I think, would be able to read this kind of text. But it's blocky. There is no delineation between speech and descriptive text. There's no delineation between who is speaking. So you just have this wall of jagged letters that you have mm-hmm. to try and decipher like freaking cuneiform in between yep. every level. And it, I'm just like, and and they actually give you the the option to turn off the story, and I don't think that's because people were like, oh man, I really want to sit down and play Toy Story. That's a fun romp, but I don't need <laughs> I don't need to see all the story again because I already know all the story. I think this is almost like an accessibility thing where they were like, if we put all this jagged text on the screen, eventually there's going to be murders. So we we need to give people the ability to turn this assault on their corneas off. Well, and also I think that, uh, yeah, first of all, yes to all of that. It was just that that was all terrible. But also the fact that the instructions and win condition for each level are delivered in text in a game. That is not acceptable in a movie. No. And movies are not interactive <laughs> experiences. Like, it's just the fact that, you know, the first time, because, I mean, you know, obviously we're doing this for a podcast. So the first time I, like, went through and, you know, read everything and I was like, oh, God, this is a slog. <laughs> and then and then at one point I was just like, I'm curious. So I think um, it was the it was the racing level the first time I did it. Um, I, I slammed past the instructions on purpose to see if I could even puzzle it out without the instructions. Mm. And it took some doing to realize that like, cause you hit buzz and he like drops this thing, whatever it is. And you're like, you pick it up. But the fact that your power is time-based, not effort-based is like super weird. Yeah. And, and so the, the, the text is pretty necessary, you know? And so, yeah, if you um, either can't read or don't read English or don't, have a strong enough ability to read where you can or care to because i mean i'm 32 and i'm pretty highly literate and i didn't want to read all that stuff well it's not easy to read and it's not pleasant to read like it's not interesting and the levels are it again like it this is why it just feels like they're not trying to be malicious this isn't a lazy cash grab this is just like this was the best these designers can do because most of the levels are 
go right, you know, go right to progress. But then the second level breaks that convention. You have yep. to backtrack a ton to successfully put all the toys away and to, to move the obstacles. And if you don't read the text that your objective is to put the toys away, you saw a bunch of toys in the first level that mostly either were harmless or tried to kill you. And now your goal has completely changed. And if you don't read that text, it is not in any way made obvious to you through the gameplay, except there's the little tiny edge of sketch up in the top yeah. corner that is supposed to be like your hot cold indicator or like your, your beacon for what's to do next. Mm-hmm. It is not clear enough. It does not yeah. convey anywhere near enough information. You need to read that text. Yes, absolutely. So, with all that being said, did it hold up? I okay. So no, but asterisk. <laughs> so here here's my problem. This game has just enough interesting stuff going on that I would tell someone if you played this as a kid, try it again with the like don't even try to beat it just like go directly to how you get the invincibility thing and and just push your head through those bricks until you come out on the other side of the wall just to see what it's like as an adult compared to the way you remember it as a kid because when i first fired up the game i was like oh my god these graphics are horrible but then <laughs> The second I was Woody and I was, like, jumping, I was like, oh, Toy Toy Story. Like, I remember playing this as a kid. I love this movie. Like, totally. I remember, you know, renting. This is another game I had to rent. I was like, I totally remember renting this game. Like, I love Toy Story. And the further I progressed through the game, the more I started to lose my grip on reality because I was like, all of this is familiar. I'm 100% positive that I've beaten this game. But there's no way I was good enough to beat this game. So I guess I must have cheated my way through. But I don't remember cheating my way through. Like, it was just a very weird kind of almost like an out-of-body experience. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have someone else's memories. Like, the memories of someone who is weirdly good at terrible platformers. Like, like, like you've been driven mildly insane. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm going to have to... to f- to give this like a, a really half-assed like it's a nostalgia monocle but like with a big crack in it nice <laughs> <laughs> like for me i would say yeah i think that it's i think this is a good game to play like i said because this is the first example i can point to where i can say you want a game that's super fair you know this one check this one out see how frustrating it is to have a game that is like religiously fair um and and just never in the player's favor like the world has very consistent rules but it's a world that hates you yes yeah absolutely like that there's that i mean but aside from that you know if if and if you're looking to again like i think this would be a good one for like game developers where it's like if you want to see what happens when you get a bloated scope you know like (laughs) this this is what happens you know like like start with what your gameplay can show or or what your visuals can show because if your visuals can't show you know like like oh yeah i want i want buzz to look exactly like buzz but your visuals can't accomplish that then 
don't do it because it does make you feel like you're slowly but surely losing your mind. And I'm reminded of a of a line. We live we live on a placid island of ignorance and in the midst of black seas of infinity. And it was not meant that we should voyage this far. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. From the time that you spent traversing the land, Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the end of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less. 